This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. Welcome back on the floor to another episode of Dynasty Portfolio Weekly. And this week, we are going to talk about diversifying our player portfolio for the offseason. One of the topics that I have hit on over the last month or so on Destination Dynasty, check that out on the Destination Devi podcast feed, Destination Devi radio, and on podcast platforms, is talking about roster construction going into the offseason. Uh, this upcoming episode that will air this week is going to go through the quarterbacks. Uh, then there's going to be an off-season series that will air a week after that, talking about tips and tricks going into the end of your calendar year, end of the dynasty year, waivers typically close, players are locked on injured reserve and they have to be activated, taxi renewals for the next year, depending on your settings, all that kind of stuff. There's different rules that maneuver the rosters for the off-season. But the idea is the flexibility is gone. And the market for most players is removed because there's no longer lineups to set. There's no longer points being scored. Everything is reset for the next year. Everything is now focused on the future. People are going to be wanting assets that are going to hold value, that are going to mature in value. And there's probably ways to play that if you're playing in a portfolio league. So that's what we're going to talk about here. I'll do future episodes on this same concept when it comes to draft picks, but we're going to stick right now to how to maneuver my rosters for off-season purposes. And we're talking mostly on players to stash. So go back, listen to the roster construction series, kind of get an idea of in your league, and I base that on a 12-team, start 11, 30-man rosters, standard scoring everything, so sleeper standard settings, three wide receivers, and 1.75 tight end premium. Everything else you replicate by literally just starting a new league on sleeper. Change it to three receivers, change it to 1.75 tight end premium, start 11, 30-man rosters. That's exactly what I broke down in the roster construction series. So maneuver that based on your settings, your roster rules, your waiver rules, your taxi rules, all that stuff. You can kind of expand on where you want to go and what you want your roster construction to be. But a lot of the same principles apply. So with that, we have a couple weeks now. And a lot of people are probably going to wonder, okay, I'm going into the offseason. There's only so many players that I can stash, right? And let's focus mostly here on the any running back on a 53 or the any quarterback on a two deep. Those are the two hashtags that I use to talk about essentially expanding the number of running backs and the number of quarterbacks that I'm going to roster in the offseason with the idea of I'm casting a wide net. I'm trying to get to that construction where I'm always kind of hoarding the backup quarterback market when there's an injury. I'm willing to kind of live dangerously, especially with the current running back market on any running back on a 53. Anybody that I can plug in there and just gets points from for super cheap. I mean, look at Ty Chandler from this week. Most recent example of a player where you might have held him all year. You might have wondered at times when they acquired Cam Akers is, man, is this guy worth a roster spot? But if you held strong, you had some Ty Chandlers laying around. Now, whether you started him or not, that's a different story. We've talked about that, being able to capture the war, why roster construction is so important to capture the Ty Chandler start. I'll admit it, this was the quarterfinals of the playoffs. I only started Ty Chandler in two leagues. Now, I have him on 10 rosters, but I only started him in two leagues. Probably a mistake by me to not start him in a couple more. A couple others, I was out of it, so it didn't matter. But the idea is I probably didn't capture as much of the Ty Chandler workload or the much of the Ty Chandler war that he's going to give you 
this past week and maybe the next couple weeks going forward, I may not even get the opportunity to use that player in any of my lineups. But the idea being, unless you construct in a way where you take advantage of it, it's a fruitless effort to go through and roster construct that way. Because if you don't get to take advantage of that one or two times where you can start the player and you have five other options, then what did you actually get out of it? So I think that's huge. Now, when you move towards roster constructing maneuvers that I can make going into the offseason. So how do I spread the wealth? That's going to be the way that I refer it to. And what I mean by is you go to your league and you go, okay, if I'm going to follow the roster construction series, and for purposes of this video, I'm going to literally go through the exact roster construction series number by number, position by position, so you get an idea of what I'm looking at. So you have a league. Let's say you have a 12-team start 11, 30-man roster league. Now, you may not have to activate players off IR. You may be able to stash a couple players on a taxi. I get that. But if you're just looking at the 30 roster spots that you have to play with, you look at your tight ends. What type of tight ends are you carrying? Do you have Tanner Hudson? Do you have a Brevin Jordan? Do you have a couple of these tight ends that are just sitting out there? Colby Parkinson. Maybe you picked him up. Maybe you added Harrison Bryant a couple weeks ago. Maybe you have a rogue Taysom Hill share sitting out there somewhere. So you have to go through these tight ends and you say, okay, I really don't want to be carrying excess dead weight at tight end. So how do I determine where I want to kind of spread the wealth at the number of tight ends that I'm carrying? I'll give you an example right now across my portfolio. I'm averaging 4.83 tight ends per league. Now that's over 50 leagues. Some of those are two tight ends. Some of those are two tight end with heavy premium. So it's not going to be as close to two as I probably would think it would be. But that number, I would guess, just based on the aggregate of those leagues, that number should probably be around three, three and a half, not 4.83, which means I go through my portfolio right now and I look at, I have a roster that has an Austin Hooper hanging out on it. Now that's probably a two tight end league, but the idea is, what is Austin Hooper? Is he worth a roster spot? A few others that I'm looking out there wondering, what about Harrison Bryant? Got a couple Harrison Bryant sitting out there. I have four Colby Parkinson sitting out there. A few others, I got three Albert Okwebenoms. Some Will Mallory's, some Charlie Kohler's, some Brevin Jordan's. How about some Noah Gray's, Josh Wiley's? There's a ton of players sitting out there. Cole Turner. Looking here, I got Cole Turner, six leagues. Adam Troutman, six leagues. Now, there was a window where all of these guys should have been added. It was either for production. Some of these leagues are best ball, so there's a couple of them where I'm like, hey, I needed some warm bodies for a week or two. But the idea is on the aggregate, go through your tight ends and you go, was I rostering a Brevin Jordan because Dalton Schultz was injured? Was I rostering Colby Parkinson because I know the Seahawks use three tight ends and I might have needed one to throw in there? But there's going to be spots where you go through and you say, I don't need to roster four tight ends. And those are ones where... Maybe you only have two tight ends. Maybe one of them is one of those guys. How do you decide whether they're somebody that you want to stash? And I'll just say at the tight end position, that's going to be one where I'm going to be very, very specific to what's their profile. I'm looking at the RAS score. I'm looking at their opportunity because opportunity is something that I probably didn't take seriously enough at tight end where a lot of times a tight end perceived to have opportunity, but you say, yeah, man, I'm not sure if that tight end is going to be able to take advantage of that opportunity early on. So if you can see some perceived opportunity, that's probably the other thing that you have to answer. Other than that, though, I'm not stashing any tight ends. 
So that's the first place most people can go to their leagues and say, can I cut some dead weight? Can I cut bait on a few of these tight ends and literally then go to the waiver wire and see what else is out there? Um, I'll exclude wide receivers only because generally the way that we play wide receivers with the wide receiver threshold and trying to avoid roster cloggers, I have not found that there's really ever a reason to pick up receivers off waivers. If your league is fairly sharp, every receiver that could even be thought of as a non-threshold receiver is probably the ones that are sitting out there. Every receiver that you could think of as somebody that could crack the top 50, if that's your threshold, they're already on rosters. People have already picked them up. Now, again, I'm going to exclude best ball here because I do have best ball in my portfolio, so I'm not going to go through the names that I'm rostering specifically. But receivers, I'm not even looking at receivers. So if you're tempted to go pick up that Malik Heath that's sitting out there or Xavier Hutchinson, avoid those guys. Do not start telling yourself the story that Charlie Jones is going to be the slot receiver for Cincinnati next year or Andre Yoshivas is going to replace T. Higgins. People will pick up those receivers for that reason. Now, is there not a chance that one of those guys has some sort of flip value? Possibly. But you better think long and hard before you go pick up one of those receivers specifically, unless the idea, and I wrote this in last week's Destination Devi article, Tectonic Transactions, where I put down Charlie Jones and Andre Yoshivas specifically for this reason. Not because I'm betting on them. I'm betting on the community's reaction to them. So if you're picking up a receiver, you better go through the exercise of, is the community's reaction on this player going to be positive? And if it's not, then really what is your outcome? Because the outcome of actually having them hit the threshold where you want them in a lineup league is going to be so minimal, it's probably not even worth the roster spot. So tight ends, you're going to probably go through and eliminate most of the tight ends. The exception would be, hey, I only have one tight end. And I can't literally imagine most teams that are only carrying one tight end. So a lot of times the excess tight ends are going to be ones you swap out. If you're carrying only two tight ends, you're already close to the roster construction that you want examine what do I want to do with that second tight end? Is there a better profile that I'll take a shot on that's sitting out there? Can I dump a guy like Austin Hooper? Can I dump some of these older guys where I'm just literally rostering them because they're a name? Brevin Jordan's been in the league for four years. Is that somebody I really want to hold? You know, a guy like Dawson Knox, potentially. You know, nothing against Dawson Knox, but really what is his future path? Is there another tight end I would rather stash? And the idea isn't that Dawson Knox isn't an okay player. It's just, is Dawson Knox somebody that I want to use my second tight end spot on if I can pick up somebody else with a profile that I like a little bit more? And the thing is, someone will pick up Dawson Knox. Someone will add him the next time there's waivers. Somebody will pick him up. Someone might even blow their next summer's fab because he's the best player sitting out there. And that's kind of a way you can get ahead of it by saying, you know what, I'm just going to wipe my hands clean, put Dawson Knox to waivers. If someone else wants to pick him up, then fine but stay within your construction. And then receivers, you got to tell yourself a story where you can actually flip those receivers, not that you're actually betting on the receivers themselves. So let's talk portfolio strategy with the quarterbacks and the running backs. And the one thing that people will ask me, and I see this every single day when I go through and I look at my teams, well, there's only so many I can stash. You've given me enough grace to roster 12 backup quarterbacks as the optimal number. So 12 out of 30, 40%. Remember these percentages if your league is not specifically what I was talking about on the roster construction series. So 12 out of 30, 
for the quarterbacks and then nine out of 30 for the running backs. So you have 21 of the 30 roster spots allowed in your league that could go towards quarterbacks or running backs. That's still not a lot though. When you go through and you go out and look at waivers and you go, man, there's guys I want to pick up, you know, especially some guys that have been cut guys like Josh Dobbs might've been cut because he got demoted to third string for the Vikings. Someone like Jake Hayner may be sitting out there. It's a shot that Jake Hayner is a starter or the backup next year for the Saints. There's others that are sitting out there. Clayton Toon might have been dropped because he looked so bad when he came in for the Cardinals the first time. Skylar Thompson and Mike White. I truly think that's a competition for the QB2 next year. Despite Mike White getting a decent contract, I think that's another one where you can argue that you want to probably have both, especially in that Mike McDaniel system. I want the quarterback that's out there. If they're a backup, I want that quarterback. That's going to be one of the priority ads. Uh, then you have some other situations where you go, end of the year, what do I do with like Joe Flacco? Joe, does Joe Flacco want to play again? We don't know. You would think Joe Flacco's clearly shown he can be a backup QB. But does he want to be a backup QB? Is the only reason he was playing this year is because he probably knew when he signed in Cleveland that there was a pretty good shot he was going to get a chance to start. This wasn't a, I'm coming into the season, I'm backing up a guy that's an established starter, and I'm just going to wait my turn. So Joe Flacco is going to be another one that's going to be rostered on every single league in your portfolio, but you wonder, is that the type of backup that I want to stash? Now, the good news is slowly you can go through and weed some of these guys out, and I'm going to do the Destination Dynasty show where I'm going to go through every depth chart and talk about the quarterback situation. Some of them I'm going to be right on, some of them I'm going to be wrong. But I'm going to go through and talk about that. So that'll be coming up shortly on Destination Devi uh, podcast feed. So check that out on the Nest Destination Dynasty show. But for now, you have to make these hard decisions. Which quarterbacks do I stash? There's going to be some out there that you're not sure are going to play again, but they could be guys that pop right back up on the radar. Look how long Carson Wentz was unsigned. And now Carson Wentz hasn't even gotten in yet but he's probably a guy that's on track to be a backup next year. So you kind of wonder, do I want to go all in? This is where some of the theory is going to come into play. And it's the same for running backs. There's running backs out there, guys that have latched on, guys that have gotten cut, guys that you're going to go, all right, those guys were not relevant in 2023. You never know when somebody like Kenyon Drake's going to pop back up. James Robinson, he'll probably sign somewhere three or four more times. And I know people are scoffing at those names going, ah, oh, man, those guys aren't relevant. We've seen names literally come back from the dead before. Players that haven't been signed for two years are coming back and they have a role. Does it mean they're good? Not necessarily. But it means that they could easily be right back on the radar of any running back on a 53. So I think what you have to do is you do have to go through this exercise. This is what I do. One, I prioritize players where I think the community will have an opinion on meaning there's players that are going to be so far below the thresholds of what anybody cares about. Those are typically the ones I'm going to put over in this category A. I'll call it category A. The players that are so far below mattering that most people would ask, hey, do you know what team this guy is on? They have no clue. So that's where you're going to find the Kenyon Drakes. That's where you're going to find the people that were stashing Damian and Daryl Williams last summer. James Robinson last summer. The people that are going on, these guys aren't even on the radar. They're not getting workouts anywhere. They're just literally gone from my mind. But you, as being a pragmatic portfolio player that's trying to get to roster construction, you're going, man, well, I need to find nine running backs. Make sure that I have nine running backs. Meaning you're going to maybe cut a couple receivers, cut a couple tight ends. You're going to cut 
maybe a couple quarterbacks that you don't want to bet on. So you're really going through looking for these names. You want to maximize every roster spot, especially if you can keep players on the taxi. I'm in a lot of leagues where we have an injured reserve. I might have three, four, five, six players on the injured reserve right now. I don't have to activate those guys until draft time or until wherever my roster is cut down and then expand again. So if that gives me six weeks, why not keep those guys there? Maximize the shots that I can take between now and that time that I have to move them off injury reserve. They're free shots. Free shots for anything to happen over the next two months where maybe the valuation or the demand changes on a player somewhere. So thinking about that, you're going pretty far down. You're going down to the bottom of the barrel at running back and the bottom of the barrel at quarterback. And how do I prioritize those guys? So the first category is category A, nobody cares about them. That's where you're going to start picking up, you know, guys that didn't make rosters, guys that have been sitting out there for a couple of years, you know, guys that got cut, signed to a practice squad, maybe players that have just been chilling on a practice squad. I'll give an example, a guy like Hassan Haskins, right? Out for the season, had the pending legal issue with domestic violence. Don't really knew what came of that, but he's a guy that you're going to put over in that category of nobody really cares about him. And the reason for categorizing that way is I put those guys on a tier below for one simple reason. If something happens, if they sign, if they work out somewhere, if they go to a taxi squad, if they have something positive in their favor that now more people are saying, let me go pick that guy up, I can probably go out and get them in half my leagues. Now, I may have to pay a couple dollars here and there, and honestly, you can also say I don't want to pay anything for them. So if there's a, a guy that's available in 80% of my leagues, why really stash a lot of those shares of that player? You know, maybe get a couple if the roster allows it, but I know that if I ever needed to go and get 40, 50% of that running back, I could. So that's going to be the level where you're like, that's category A. Category B is going to be the next tier up where maybe a younger player got dropped. Maybe a guy that got injured got dropped. You know, maybe somebody when rosters have to be activated off of injured reserve, someone drops somebody like Deuce Vaughn. Somebody drops somebody like Evan Hall. And those might not be a great examples, but how about Sean Tucker could be one that gets cut. The idea is these are players where they're on the same plane as those others. They have no better shot of actually doing anything on a 53-man roster than the others that I categorized as category A. But they have something going for them. They're younger. They have a name. They've done something in the past. So you're prioritizing those. And those are the ones where I kind of want to say, all right, if I can get seven or eight shares of that player, a player that had a cult following, you know, think of somebody that was really good in the preseason, somebody like Elijah Dotson. That's a good example is one that's probably been cut in a ton of leagues. That's one where, you know what, there's there's a shot that he ends up being another Deion Jackson. If everyone remembers Deion Jackson, we know Deion Jackson got some opportunity with the Colts the last two years. The fascinating thing about Deion Jackson was he was waived as a UDFA in his first year. And they brought him back like he didn't even get a shot the first year at all. And they brought him back. Then they changed regimes entirely. And then he ended up beating out like four other guys that the new regime brought in and earned opportunity with the Colts. Now, he's not any good, but the idea was he went from one of those UDFAs where people just cast off because it's like, yeah, the team that drafted him, 
didn't really like him or the team that picked him up originally didn't really like him. And then that team was gone. The whole regime got changed over. So they still have this Deion Jackson guy on the practice squad, but they've brought in all their own guys. And then guess who rises up and ends up being the RB3 and ends up getting opportunity during the season? Deion Jackson. So that's the type of player where you're like, they had something going for them. You liked their profile. People liked them a little bit, but they fade off the radar for one reason or the other. So that's going to be category B. Category C is going to be the ones where you might have to work a little bit for. These are not guys typically going to be available on waivers. And I talked about this a little bit in the last Destination Dynasty show of these are ones that you may be able to make trades for. And you may not be able to get this done before the season is over, but you may be able to get it done once trading opens back up. Hopefully you don't have a trade deadline, but quite frankly, a lot of people do. So if you have a trade deadline that's over until the playoffs or it's blocked until the playoffs, then after the playoffs, you can start making trades. One of the ideas is to get into roster construction, do you have some of these extra tight ends laying around? Do you have some of these fringy clogger receivers that you want to get rid of? And you go, what can I move them for? And I think this is the savvy way to start acquiring some of those category C running backs. The guys that they're not the absolute forgotten about guys. They're not Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake. You know, now there are guys that come from that range. Like I already said, Royce Freeman came from that range. The dude has been cut like seven times, was out of the league, came back from that range to somebody that you could have at least played. Now, again, he wasn't very good, but the idea is that category A, a lot of players really are just in that range forever. Category B, they're guys that you have something about them that you like, their profile, maybe they're young, maybe they had a little buzz at one point. Category C are the guys that people might have forgotten about, but you know they can play. You know they're going to have a role. People just aren't sure of the role. So I'll give you an example. Somebody like Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell always injured. Arguably maybe passed up at least... I don't want to say he was passed up this year by Jordan Mason, but I definitely think with what happened with Eliza Mitchell this year, there's no way they go into next year with Elijah Mitchell as somebody they're relying on in the depth chart. So that could be a guy that people have forgotten about. But he's also somebody where you're like, you know what? I don't mind stashing 20% Elijah Mitchell. And this is the range that I'm willing to go to 20-25%. Damian Harris, another guy that's going to be forgotten about, right? Got the neck injury, not coming back this year. He's a guy that people will forget about. But I'm okay going to 20% Damian Harris. That type of player, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, there's numerous other names that I'm sure everybody could think of. Those are the types where I go, you know what, I can probably trade for those guys. And I don't even need to trade draft picks. I can trade extra receiver. I can trade Rashad Bateman for three of those guys. That's just an example of a a dead-ass roster clogger receiver that has some name. And hell, you might even be able to get a third round pick. You might even be able to get a couple fourths. But the idea is you could probably trade Rashad Bateman for like two backup running backs and a fourth. And the reality is, what else are you getting for him? And what is his path to being a threshold receiver? So thinking about it that way, that's the range where I want to load up and get as many as I can because I'm probably not going to be able to get them for anything cheaper than that. Meaning, if there's anything happens with a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Let's say he gets traded, goes somewhere else. Let's just say a weird world where he ends up on Miami next year. Now he's the third running back on Miami, but he's on a depth chart where you're like, damn, okay, I got to take him just as seriously as I did in San Francisco. You're not going to be able just to get 
20% Elijah Mitchell by picking him up off waivers. He will be rostered on every team. And he's the kind of player that you will now go, hey, can I buy for a fourth? Oh, man, I think I need a third. And at that point, you're going, I, that's not the kind of guy I want to pay thirds for in March. I'll pay for it in October when I know he's getting roll or having weekly roll or getting snaps on a weekly basis. But I'm not paying for it in March. So that's the category C range where it's like there's a name. There's some proven history there. Not quite worth the third round pick, but can I creatively go and trade for him? And that's where I kind of want to be abundant. Same with backup QBs. We all know the backup QBs, guys that are probably not going to go into next year as a locked-in starter from a contractual standpoint. But man, if they get in there, I immediately want to have some shares of them if they're starting. Like Jacoby Brissett fits that category. Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold. I mean, you know the names. I'll go through and I'll, I'll do that whole show on the quarterback landscape. Uh, but the idea is those are going to be guys where it's going to be harder to find them on waivers because someone else is going to see at least our roster spot value in them. But I want to try to accumulate higher percentages of those guys because they just hit at a much more frequent level than the guys that come from category A or category B. So see what you can do. Go through your construction. And it may be some really weird trades. And I'll just leave everybody with this. When it comes to making these trades, they're going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird when you say, okay, I'm going to send off DJ Chark for a third string running back. I'm going to send off DJ Chark for Eric Gray. DJ Chark for this random running back that I'm not even sure what's going to happen to him. Damian Harris. Why would anyone trade DJ Chark for Damian Harris? The person that gets that offer is going to be like, what is this? How do I even evaluate that? And the last thing is it's actually good to send these types of offers, the offers that are so mundane that other managers are going to be like, what are you trying to do? What do you know about DJ Chark or Damian Harris that made you send this offer? And the truth is, I don't know anything. I am following a roster construction process. And you will know very quickly and this is where the bonus comes in if you play in a lot of leagues. You will cast a very wide net. You will know very quickly a little free information about your opponents. You will know quickly when someone rejects that trade. You will know very quickly. Do they understand what they're doing with their roster construction? Now, you can look at their team and you can see it. But I sent out some deals before week 15 exactly like this. I sent out a bunch of just dead-ass running backs. Guys like Zach Evans... Running backs like that, I send them out for backup QBs on teams where I had too many running backs and not enough quarterbacks. And for the most part, they all got declined. Now, do those people understand the backup QB horde strategy? Maybe, maybe not. But I wasn't trying to get quarterbacks that were useful this year. They had no use for them. I had no use for them. So it wasn't like I'm going, well, I might need Sam Darnold in the playoffs if Brock Purdy gets injured, so let me trade for him. It wasn't even that. It was they had to think, why is Scott sending me this trade? And is there a reason that I should accept it? And a lot of times people have that like come to realization moment. Why would I trade a backup quarterback for a backup running back? Why would I trade a good backup quarterback for this receiver? Why would I give any backup quarterback for KJ Osborne? And people decline it. People, I think, start to realize whether they know it or not, that they actually roster construct more than they actually think. So try those deals, though. Send them out in your league. Pay attention to who rejects those deals. Pay attention if there's any commentary or comments 
or responses or DMs about those types of offers. Because people may wonder, what is this? And just keep that in the back of your mind. You'll have a better idea of who in your league understands some sort of roster construction principle. Uh, but I want to see those types of deals. That's This is the time, the next two months, for me to go through all my teams, all my teams that I'm keeping going forward, all my teams, how can I send out some of those trades? I have a couple month window where there are literally not much to do. And this is the window to really, really grind the edges and accumulate as much stuff within the roster construction that you would like. So with that, I will go ahead and end the show. Again, check out everything on Destination Devi radio feed along with the Wake Up feed with Ray G. Both of those pod feeds are great. They have daily content on them. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel here at Destination Devi. Uh, there will not be a Dynasty Portfolio weekly show next week uh, due to the Christmas holiday. I'll be doing some traveling, but the podcast will come out as normal. And then finally, check out everything on Trades in 5 as well. Our Trades in 5 YouTube channel is absolutely killing it with content. Oh, and the final thing, did it. D-I-D-I-T. I posted a couple times on Twitter, but I'm not somebody that's out there just shilling this type of thing. But if you want to go through your league, if you want a full war analysis and roster construction analysis on your league, I will pull it up on the war tool when we're doing a did it call. You can download did it, D-I-D-I-T on iOS. So if you have an iPhone, you can download it. You get a free call and it can last as long as you want. I've probably done almost two dozen of them at this point. And people have literally been on there with for an hour. And we go through their entire league. We pull up the war. We go through what the optimal roster construction would be. And then we look at ways that we can get there. Trades we can make going forward. But if you essentially want a one-on-one, -on -one, it's like a FaceTime call through the app. If you're interested in that, download the Did It app. Message me. Let me know a time that works for you. Um, I have some time off here in the next couple weeks. Uh, so I'll be able to do more of those if anybody's interested in trying to tie their rosters together going into this off-season period. So did it, D-I-D-I-T, check that out. Message me if you're interested in doing a free roster construction and war consultation on there, uh, and we will get that scheduled. With that, happy holidays to everybody. Hopefully you've enjoyed this series. We're just getting started with it uh, here on Destination Devi. So much great content coming. Uh, so many new things in the works, new tools coming out on the website. So check out everything at destinationdevi.com. Happy holidays to you and yours. Stay safe and get ready to rock it in 2024. Be chill, everyone.